This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. We're going to talk about eternal investment. I just love Tommy's intro here. Just laying the foundation for where we're going and tearing uh, up some money. And, <laughs> and uh, for some of us, money is, is more important than it should be. <laughs> we need to tear it up. <laughs> no, but guys, uh, just as we go into this, I, I want to start with a story. And I know I've read this somewhere. I don't know. I can't even remember if I've read it yet. But, but, but I want to read this again to you because it's just so significant for where we are going today, and it's a, it's a, the story is written by an unknown writer, and he wrote the following, and the name is The Planter. It says there, one man plowed an open field and planted winter crop. His work lasted a year until harvest time was over. Another wanted his work to last a lifetime long, and then he planted an acorn tree, and with pride he watched how it grew. Another planted for eternity, and with diligence and love, he planted a true and sincere thought in the heart of his child. You know what? Because sometimes those words that we speak changes lives. It's an eternal investment. Sometimes that is just the thing that calls my child to a place where he is open and where he can receive and where his life is changed. I want to tell you today, friends, statistics say that you will influence six people in your life. You will, you will influence six people in your life that would make a, a shift, that will start thinking differently. How do you influence them? Do you influence them with the now, the temporary, or are you influencing with the eternity? With the imperishable, with the godliness. And I believe the fact that you're sitting here says, Lord, I'm here because it's about eternity. That's why I'm in church and not out there. Someone called me this morning just as I was here. I told them, listen, sorry, I'm in church. <laughs> Call me tomorrow, <laughs> not today. I'm in church. Where's the people? <laughs> but for many, it's about the now, the temporary. But I believe for us, we're here to say, Lord, I'm here because I want to be changed, Lord. I want something more than this world can offer, Lord. And Lord, also, Lord, I want to give something back, Lord. I'm also here not to only be changed, but to influence other people as well. And therefore, I want to talk to you today about eternal investment. And I want to start there in uh, Matthew 6, verse 19. It says, Do not lay up treasures for yourself, treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now, when I read this, I ask the question, I think many of you also ask the question, is it then so bad to have treasures on earth? Can I have treasures on earth? Can I work hard? Can I accumulate? Can I build something up? Is that, is that wrong? Do I, should I not have treasures on earth? I'm asking that question. 
And then I'm also asking the question, but then what is treasures in heaven? What is that? And to understand this, I want to take you to the part in Luke 12 about the parable of the rich fool. And it says there in verse 15, And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. And he told them this parable, told them the story, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentiful. This guy worked hard. The, the, he, he got a good crop, a good investment, good returns. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And now I'm asking the question again, is that so bad? That's what I do. I invest into properties. I buy properties. And today I, I'm in ministry because my property is funding a large part of that. So is it bad to invest? I've been in business my whole life since I can remember. Went to school, studied five years, and when I started to work, I immediately went into business. Started a few businesses, went into franchise business, went into the property. Is it so bad? I accumulated. I built up something, and I'm thinking of Proverbs 13.22 that says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That sounds like, oh, you're leaving... It's something substantial. And I'm also thinking of, of just God's hard drought finances. To be good stewards of what we have. To manage what we have. To look after what we have. And I'm thinking of a guy like Abraham. I mean, that guy was rich. That guy had a lot. A guy like Solomon. God gave him a lot. He had, I, I reckon, he had massive storehouses. Where he stored it. And now my question is, is it so bad? But the next verse gives us the answer to all this. It says there, verse 19, And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. In verse 18 and 19, 11 times he uses the word I and my. You know what's the problem? It's all about himself. It's all about me. It's all about what can I get? What can I do? And I, nowhere in the Bible I read anything about pension. Where does God say relax, stop working, lay back, enjoy life? Well, it does, it's not there. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't found it yet. And I believe that's the problem. With the riches, God doesn't, he hasn't got a problem with money. He just doesn't want money to have you. It mustn't be all about me and nothing about the kingdom. And I'm telling you, one of the greatest traps, one of the enemy's greatest methods he used to, to catch us, to grip us, to bound us, is in the realm of finances. Because it's, it's in our lives every day, people. We think of money every day. It's a, it's, it's a big thing in our lives. And the enemy uses that. And look what God replies to this man. He says, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And here's the, here's the punchline, verse 21. 
So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. You see, God is fine with it if you've got a few storehouses. But God wants you that it being that it should be about Him, glorifying Him, honoring Him, enjoying life in Christ, in the Father. I'm thinking of the prodigal son and his brother. They lived in the house as sons. And then the prodigal son said, listen, give me all my stuff. I want to go and enjoy life. I want it to be about me. I want to do my own thing. And he lost everything. And the enemy put a Jew with the pigs. But luckily, luckily, that son came to his senses and said, I'll go back to the Father. I'll humble myself. I will say, Father, I want to be your servant. Just, Father, please forgive me. Just let me back. And when he came, the father restored and took him into his house. Gave him back a place in his house. And said, son, this is where you belong. But there was another son, another brother. It was also all about himself. I'm working on this farm. I deserve this. It's about me and my inheritance. And he wasn't in the house. He was outside. And then he said, he said to the servants, call the father. The father had to go out to his son. But God says, you're important. I will come out. What is it, my boy? What is it? Father, I've been working. I've been working on this farm. You haven't even given me a, a small goat. But son, everything is yours. The problem is you're not in the house. You're outside. Come in, my son. Let it be about us. Let it be about our, 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 our relationship. I've got a place in the house for you, son. You're standing outside. It's all about you. Come in, my son. Yes, God wants to give us the farm, the inheritance. I'm giving you the land. Look to the north, to the south, to the east and the west. It's yours. This world is for you. But just let it be in relationship. In my presence. Let it be from that place. Where you go in. And where you come into. Don't let it be all about yourself. Then rather sell it. Get rid of it. My son. You are more important than the stuff. I need you my son. I don't care about the stuff that's temporary. It's going to go. It's gone. And then where will you be? Because I've got something great. An eternal investment. son. Come into the house. And come in and enjoy it. I want to take you to Luke 18. The rich ruler. There was this rich ruler and said, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's asking the right question. And then God said, listen, my boy, just live all these things. There's this law. There's this thing. Love your neighbor. Love. Do, do all these things. And he said, Father, I'm doing it. I'm living it out. I'm doing everything. This is what God said to him. And he said, all these, he said to God, all these things I've kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. One big thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. And come and follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad because he was extremely rich. Did, did God really tell this man 
to sell everything. I don't know. I'm asking. As I know the Father, I think what the Father was telling him, said, boy, don't let your stuff be more important than who I am. If, if your stuff is more important, rather sell it. Man. Just get rid of it. Man. Just give it away. But don't lose eternity. Don't lose the ultimate investment, the ultimate prize that I have for you, son. Don't lose that, son. Because this is more important than who I am. Then rather get rid of it. But don't let it be more important. You see, we've said it previously. God is our source. Where everything comes from. Our job, our, our business, just the tool that God uses. You and I, we the channels. But kingdom is the goal. God is the source of this whole world, of everything. His heart is kingdom. Invest into the kingdom. Not only into yourself. It's not what it's about. So I'm asking the question. When God said to him, and you will have treasure, treasure in heaven. What is that? What is that treasure in heaven? It's awesome. <laughs> Matthew 23, 9. It says, for you have one father who is in heaven. The Father is our treasure. You see, heaven, we, yes, we're going to heaven, but, but, but it's not our goal. To being with the Father is our goal. God the Father is inviting you into His house. Say, my son, come in, come in. There's, everything is here. The party is here. The golf is here. Everything. I want to give you the robe, the ring, the shoes. Everything is here, my son. I want you to have this because this is really what you need. This is what you want. Yes, I want to give you the farm and everything. It's your inheritance. But my son, don't miss out on your eternal investment. Come and have this. You see, our goal is the Father. Our mission is to reveal Him to this world. Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. I want to tell you, my friends, you will live Next to one of three rivers. Maybe we can put the picture up there. I've, I've, uh, I've developed a board game on personal finances. And I just want to use it as an example. Today, you're going to live next to one of, of uh, three rivers. I don't, if the picture isn't there, anyway, it doesn't matter. But just picture this. Just see this. We live in Africa, a place of mountains. Just see this massive mountain. With, that, that's covered with snow, never-ending snow. It doesn't stop. God's provision, it just keeps on flowing into this dam. And that dam flows into three rivers. And you will live next to one of those three rivers. You can live next to the first river. Where you say, Lord, I don't know why I'm here. Lord, what am I doing, Lord? Just go by life. It's like... Not budgeting and coming to day six of the month and say, geez, where's my money? I don't know where it's gone. It's, just, <laughs> it's gone. I don't know where it is. I don't have it track. I don't, I don't budget. I don't know what's going on. You can live next to river one. God has got so much to give you, but you can't not embrace it, not make it part of your life. Or you can live next to the second river where the water flows in. And you build a dam because you're in fear. Say, Lord, 
I don't know. This might dry up. I might not, it might stop. And the more water flows in, the bigger your dam comes. And the bigger, it's just about you. Build the next house. Buy the next thing. Just the better car. Just build about me. It's all about me. How can I become more? And that was a problem that the God had with the rich ruler and those guys. They were living next to the second river. Everything they did in this world was just about me. And the second son as well. It was all about me. What can I get out of this? But then there's a third river. Where God provides. And yes, I can build a house. I can grow crops. I can live. But when the more than enough comes in, I start building channels to others. And I start giving. It doesn't always have to be money, friends. It can be time. Your wisdom. Resources. Ability. Love. Compassion. It can be so many things that we give, that we invest into eternity. Not all of us is in the space where we can invest finances. It's fine. There's many ways how we invest into the eternal kingdom of God. Many ways. By serving. God wants us to live at the third river. Where you're not world or self-focused. But where you are investing in the kingdom. In eternity. And you know when you live there. God gives us resources. God gives us prizes. And I believe God gives us five crowns when we live there. I want to take you to that. I want to tell you about the five crowns that God gives us when we live for eternity. When we invest into eternity. I want to show you the first crown. It's a royal crown. Maybe you can put a picture there. Now this crown is, 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 is called the crown jewels. These crowns are priceless. Well, if you want to put a tag on it, they say that that crown is worth $4 billion. But actually, I think, I don't know if you can buy it. But it's the crown that the queen and king of England wear. And for more than 600 years, they've been having this crown. And they store it in the Tower of London. This crown is awesome. When they wear this, people go in awe. Wow. But friends, I want to tell you, that crown becomes insignificant. Nothing. When you compare it to the five crowns that your father gives you. My friend, if you're sitting here and you're, you've said, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior, Lord. Lord, it's about you, Father. It's about investing into eternity. I want to tell you, friends, God has five crowns for you. I want to tell you about those five crowns today. The first crown is called the crown of life. And we read about it in Revelations 2 verse 10. And here, uh, 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 John He's talking to the church in Smyrna to encourage, as an encouragement. He's talking to them. Because um, in Smyrna, they had this god called Dionysus. And this was a god of fertility and festive seasons. And the priest, when the priest of this god died, they put a crown of death on him. 
And you need, when you were a Christian, it would be difficult for you. And John wanted to encourage him and said, listen, friends, Revelation 2.10, do not fear. Do not fear. What you are about to suffer, behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. God says, I've got a crown of life for you, my friends. You know, crown of life, when you go through difficult times, when the road is rough, the seas is rough, the, the valley is dark when you suffer and it's, and it's tough. Re, be reminded that God has a crown of life for you. A crown for overcomers to overcome this world. Like the, like the prodigal son. Sitting with the pigs. Eating their food. And God says, my son... I'm calling you back home. I've got a crown of life for you, my son. Come and choose life. Don't choose that. It's not my plan for you, my son. And the, and the son could say, the, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want the crown of life, Lord Jesus. I don't want this. I will come back. God has a crown of life for you. Your circumstances doesn't define you. You can overcome, you can break through, because God has a crown of life for you, my friends. I want to tell you, about 10 years ago, I was in, was in uh, the retail business. I had a C the CTM, local CTM here, and one evening, working late again, and it was dark already, personnel, they left, I was alone. Guys walked in and said, are you closed? I said, well, obvious, we closed. But not knowing, they hid in the shop. And when I came down the shop, going to the door, this one guy jumped out with a gun. And I, I, did, I, I got such a big fright, I didn't know what to do. And the first reaction was I dropped everything and I went for him. I grabbed this guy and he started to shoot. But I couldn't shoot because I was holding the gun and it was, it was crazy. And then he had a friend at the door, also with a gun. And he saw that, hey, there's problems. And he came running and he hit me on the, on, the, on the ear with the back of his gun. And as he hit me, this guy broke loose and it looked like he's reloading. And then I knew, Jesus, this is it. <laughs> this, is what, this is that movie <laughs> that you see. You know, this is wild. And I turned around and I ran. You know, like in the army, you ran zigzag. <laughs> but I mean, I was just... Uh, you know, just going for it. And we had this big pot plant and I ran that thing out of the ground and I fell. When I fell, they were on me and they hit me on the head and it was crazy. And then I told them, listen, I'm calm, I'm calm. I'm done. Don't worry. Tied me up with cable ties, took all the cash, everything. And you know what? I could stand up from that. And it could overwhelm me. And it could break me. But, you know, I remember just driving back to the hospital, just knowing Jesus. Luckily, I have you, Lord. Lord, you saved me. You helped me, Lord. Lord, I put that crown of life on, Lord, because not death or anything, Lord, can take away the eternity that I have in you, Christ. And isn't that what Paul said? He said, to live is Christ. To die is gain. Lord, even that, they, they cannot take away eternal life, Lord. Yes, they can end certain things, Lord Jesus, but they cannot take away eternity. It's like this guy that was hijacked, and another guy came with a, with a gun and said, your money or your life? 
And he said, well, you must take, you know, just take my money because my life is already given away to Christ. <laughs> so you can't have my life is already given. <laughs> you know, so we've got a crown of life, friends. If you go through difficult times, may God remind you, may God strengthen you, may God give you hope to know I've got a crown of life, Jesus. I've got something to look forward to, Lord Jesus. There's a bigger prize than what I'm living in, Father. And the second crown is the imperishable crown. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 to 25 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one received the prize, so run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable crown. Friends, those days in Greece, they would have Olympics every year, and then you would compete, you would run or box or do, do athletics or chariot racing, and then the winners would receive this, this, this laurel wreath. It's, it's made of leaves and stuff. But you know what's the problem with that? It fades. It dries. It becomes brown. And then they're hanging on a wall. It just becomes a legend story that people tell. It passes away. There's this guy, Usain Bolt. Now, Usain Bolt was born in 1986. He loved sports, went into cricket, football. And then his coach told him, don't you want to go into athletics? And at 16, he became the world champion in the 100 meter in running. And in 2007, he became the fastest man in the world. Now, 2008, Usain Bolt went to the Beijing Olympics. Maybe there's a picture of Usain Bolt. Let me show you just this guy. If you see him, you, you'll see this guy is really fast. <laughs> now, 2008, he went to the Beijing Olympics. Check there. Hey, that guy looks like, hey, come on, guys. Hey, hey, must, hey, I'll slack down. <laughs> hey, I'll help you, man. <laughs> you know, this guy was really, he had it. You know, and then in 2008, he went to the Beijing Olympics, and he won all three big ones, the 100-meter, the 200-meter, and the 400-meter uh, um, uh, relay. And he did not only win them, he broke the records in all three of them. And then in 2012, he went to the London Olympic and won all, th won all three again and, and bettered his record in the 100 meters. <laughs> and then in 2016, he went to the Rio Olympics and won all three again. And they called him the triple-triple. Won all three, three times in a row. But you know what? It took him two minutes on the field to accomplish all that. All three Three Olympics, all three events, to combine everything, he spent two minutes on the track. And for those two minutes, he got $120 million. He made because of winning that. What is it? A million dollars a second. <laughs> Amazing. But guys, we don't see the 20 years behind the scenes of working hard, standing up early while others sleep late. Spending seven hours, eight hours a day on the track, suffering, working hard, eating right. 
following a program. We don't see that. But for two minutes, he, he got his glory and receives medals, which is temporary at his face. I want to tell you, friends, for two minutes of surrender, you get eternity of victory. An eternity of victory. For two minutes in the presence of the Father. It gives you an imperishable crown that no one can take, that doesn't fade away. That you wear for eternity. If heaven looks down, they see my son. I see you wear my crown. You're the son of the living king. <laughs> you can't lose that. It's yours, my son. Walk with me. Isn't that amazing, friends? Wow. Don't work for what is temporary. There in, in Milan, there's this cathedral that they built in 1870. And I've also got a picture of that. I want to just show you. The world understands this. It's a cathedral in Milan, and the cathedral has five doors. Now, I didn't check this. I just read this, and, they, and so I reckon it's true. They said on the one, right, the one door right of the middle door, they engraved something on that door. They engraved roses on that door with this. It says, everything that pleases you are temporary. And on the other door on the left-hand side from the middle door, They've engraved the cross. And there they wrote, all that troubles you are temporary. And then on the middle door, they wrote this, which is eternal, that only will endure. What is eternal? Friends, what we invest into eternity, that will endure forever and ever. It will not fade. Where are you investing into, my friend? I've got this other friend. He told me the other day, hey man, I've, 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 I've in, bought this life insurance. I think he's paying 20,000 rand a month for that life insurance. Business guy doing very well. And I thought, Jesus, isn't that awesome? To be able to do that. Bless you, my brother. Awesome, man. And then I had to buy a plane ticket to go somewhere with my money. <laughs> and I said, Jesus, isn't this awesome, Lord? I can invest into eternity, Lord Jesus. Isn't that a great investment? Yes, this guy, well, well, awesome, you've done it. But how much greater is it to invest, in, invest into people's lives? M much better investment. I love doing that. God, help me to do it more. Let's invest into eternity, friends. And then the third crown, the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearance. There's a crown of righteousness. Paul, when, when, when Paul is writing this to Timothy, Paul is already old, he's, he's fine his years, he's sitting in prison, Probably in those days, a deep, dark, dampy dungeon place where he's writing, and he's writing this to Timothy, encouraging him. <laughs> and I, why could Paul do that? Because Paul knew exactly, I have the crown of life, the crown that cannot be taken away. 
and a crown of righteousness. The greater your expectation of heaven, the better life you would want to live on earth. Because expectation affects behavior. Lord, I expect, Father, your heaven, Father. Lord, I expect to be with you. Therefore, Lord, while, while I'm here, Lord, I'm going to invest into that. One lady came to us one day. Oh, it's a story. Not specific to me. It's just a story that I heard someone told. And many of you might have heard it. She came to this pastor and said, Pastor, you know what? I will leave your church. People talk behind my back. And people say stuff and they don't do it. And, and that, 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 I, I must tell you about that one, eh? And pastor said, okay, all right, okay, I've got it. You can go, it's fine. But I want you to do one thing before you go. Take this glass and fill it up to the brim, and then you walk around the whole auditorium, and then you come back. And then she walked around the auditorium with all the people there, and she came back, and the pastor asked her, did you see anyone that gossiped or did something wrong? No, no, I didn't, because I had to concentrate on this thing. And he said, you see, that's exactly it. Where's your focus? Are you focusing on the people and what the church does wrong, what they do not do, what they must do, and who's doing what and saying what? And, 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 and or are you focusing on eternal investment? God, what do you want to do with me in this place, Father? I want to open up my heart for you, Lord. Come and do something in my life because I've also got things to change, Lord. I've also got stuff to do, Lord. I've also got baggage, Lord Jesus. But where's my focus, Lord? May I be righteous? Make this life, make the life to come greater and this one smaller. Make the life to come, your expectation and your investment. Some of us only invest in this world and in this life. How poor can we be? How poor can we die? You know, God came to Noah, said, Noah, I want to give you something radical something big. I want you to build this massive ark on dry ground because I'm going to send rain. Now, you know, in those days it didn't rain for 120 years. God watered the earth from beneath. And that what God said to Noah was against all natural thoughts, all people's opinion, all against everything. But God, Noah knew something. I want to tell you. God is coming to you. So I want to give you something radical. I want to give you something massive. I'm asking you, while you yeah, invest in eternity. Invest in people's lives. Invest in your local church. Invest in a local light group. Invest in a community. Invest in kingdom. Yes, some of these things might say, Lord Jesus, I don't understand. I can't see I don't know. But God's asking you, don't you want to build an ark? Even though it sounds and seems sometimes so crazy. <laughs> but I need you to build an ark because I want to take something somewhere. But I need you to do that. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. The fourth crown crown of glory. 1 Peter 5 verse 2 to 4 says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Yeah, God, yes, 
Many times we say God is speaking to the shepherds and the elders. But I'm telling you, God is speaking to every one of us. We are all playing in that role. We are all looking after someone. Or supposed to. We are all there for someone, for this world, for people around us. Because that guy that's with you tomorrow is with you, not with me. You've got the influence. You need to be Jesus for him, if I can say it like that. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercise oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not for uh, shameful gain, but eagerly. Not dominating over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherds appear, you will receive an unfailing crown of glory. God wants to give you a crown of glory. And He's speaking to all of us. Let's serve in God's kingdom. Let's love His people. Matthew 20, 28 says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. There's this guy called Mark Hatfield. He's a senator in America. And this one day, uh, when uh, he wanted to go to Mother Teresa, because Mother Teresa, they had this house, they called it the death house. And they worked there. And it's a house where they would bring bring small children and teenagers there that were terminal sick that would probably die. And he wanted to go and visit them. And when he came there, he saw all this, this all the sickness and the sorrow and this people working there. And he, and he thought to himself, how do you do this? How do you do this day after day, seeing all this brokenness, all this sore, all this children dying around? How do you do this? And this is what Mother Teresa told him. He says, I'm not called to be successful, but called to be faithful. Friends, there's a crown of glory. Let's be faithful with what God has given. It's an eternal investment. Let's love people. Let's be there for what God has called you. We are called for people, for church. This is where you and I live. I'm not in Africa or North Africa or in the 1040 window. I'm here. I can be part of a small group, be part of something that God is doing here. Let's be faithful for where we are and for what God has called us. And then the fifth crown, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19, the crown of joy. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at His coming? Is it not you? Isn't that amazing? People are, 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 are a crown. God gives us a crown of joy, which is people. I, I tell the story. Maybe some of you heard the story. These young people went to study uh, theology. And uh, when they studied, they were finished, got their degrees, and these few friends got, friends got together and sat in a circle just to, tell, to greet each other, say goodbyes, and just where are we going? And so the one guy said, listen, yeah, I'm going to become a pastor at a church. My father's leading. I'm just going to follow. He said, wow, awesome. And the next guy, now I'm going to become a youth pastor. I've been called to that church. I'm going to go there. Wow, awesome. And the next guy said, now I'm going to be a missionary in Madagascar. I'm going to work there. Wow, awesome. And then they came to this guy, and this guy said, listen, I'm just going to make jeans. I love making clothes. And I know what, I'm going to make the best jean that there is. And I want to see this gene, my jean go into the world. And they all said, oh, okay, wow. 
<laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, and so life went on. Everyone went. Everyone did their stuff. Many years later, this this missionary from Madagascar came to his friend. His friend had made these jeans very well, opened up many stores, franchised this. He's all, all over the world. And he came to his friend and said, Listen, I'm there in Madagascar. Big need. Don't you have some jeans that you can give for the children that I can take back to them? And he said, yeah, I mean, no problem. There's a thousand jeans for you. Take it. Please go. And so life went on. Everyone died. And, and this guy went into heaven. And one day, a thousand children came running to him. Thank you. Thank you. So I was naked. You gave us clothes. We just want to say thank you. People, are you investing into eternity? Are you investing? You won't see it now. But one day, a thousand children can come running to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for the word of blessing. Thank you for that one word. Thank you for that moment that you, that you stopped and, and spent time on me. Thank you that you drove through to me. Thank you for that food that you gave me. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your love. It changed my life. God wants to give us a crown of joy. Let's love people, and I want to end with this, because there's two more crowns, <laughs> two awesome crowns. The one crown, Matthew 27, verse 27 to 29. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisted together a crown of thorns, they put on his head and put a reed in his right hand and kneeled before him. They mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. There's another crown. The crown of death that Jesus wore so that you can have the crown of life. A precious crown that Jesus humbled himself. The one that spoke this world into existence. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. The one that's yesterday, today, and tomorrow the same. The Jesus that came down to serve men, to serve you and me. The one that went to the cross and paid the price for you and me. That one put a crown of death of thorns on his head so that you and I can have a thorn of life. Jesus also wear a crown and invested into eternity so we can have crowns to bear the most expensive crown that the kings of this world wore was nothing because in a blaze of glory Jesus will come crowned by the father with the final crown Revelations 14, 14. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. The king that never fades wore a golden crown for you and me, and he came down and said, I've got victory. The price is paid. I come to take you, my sons and my daughters. To come into the house and live with me for eternity. The king is wearing a golden crown. Revelations 19 verse 11 to 12. Then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like the flame of fire. And on his head are many crowns. 
and he has the name written that no one knows but himself. Verse 16, on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In him, we have life. In him, we have victory. In him, we can wear five crowns. Revelations 4, verse 10 and 11. The 24 elders fell down before him, who is seated on the throne, and worshipped him who loves forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Those elders represent you and me. Friends, and even in eternity, we will stand in awe if we come before the living King, and we will take our crowns and lay it before Him. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us five crowns. Thank you, Lord, that we can invest into eternity. Thank you that you are a true living God. Lord, we lay everything down, everything who we are. We lay before you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you wore the crown of thorns, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you wear the crown of gold, Father. Lord, you've saved us. You've died for us. And you have victory, Lord. And in you, we have an eternal investment. Eternity. I want to pray for us. Friends, Jesus, thank you, Father. Lord, thank you, Jesus. That you give us crown of life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for an imperishable crown that cannot be taken away, Father. Thank you, a crown of righteousness, Lord, a crown of glory, a crown of joy, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we want to invest into eternity, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord, for what you bless us with overflow, Lord. That blessing that we can have while we're here, Lord. But thank you, Lord for eternal investment, for your glory, for your kingdom, Father. We, Lord, we surrender. We lay our crowns before you, Jesus. And we say, Lord, it's not about me, Father. It's about you, Jesus. You, Jesus. Because what's, what is about you, Lord, is for eternity. Friends, if there's someone here that didn't, haven't made that decision yet, to take up their crowns, that's still living outside the house like the lost son. Today, your father is inviting you into the house. Say, my son, come. Come, I'm inviting you. Please, come in. I have much to give you. There's life. There's abundance. There's joy. There's glory. Friends, if there's anyone here that haven't made that decision yet to accept Jesus as a person, Lord, so I want to ask you today, don't walk out here without putting your hand up. And inviting Jesus into your life. Friends, you don't know what's happening there out there. This is your moment. Is there anyone that hasn't accepted Jesus before that wants to invite them, him into your life? Anyone, we want to pray for you. friends. Anyone here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That we are sons and daughters of the living King, Lord. That we can invest into eternity. Jesus. Jesus, you love us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord.
We step into your house, Father. We live with you. Thank you, Father. We can fellowship with you. We can love people and be part of a church. We choose to invest into eternity. Use us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.